So today is a very special day. It's the appearance day of Srila Advaita Acharya. And why do we celebrate on this day? First, because to develop a relationship with someone, we recognize their personality. The problem in this world is ignorance, which is also pronounced ignorance. It means, and what I mean by that, the collective ignorance or the consensual ignorance amongst human beings in society and animals and lower animals because of circumstances is to ignore the fact that everything comes from a person. In the Shriya Upanishad is that Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnam Utachite Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vishishite that is that everything's emanating from a perfect source. Uh, perfection means that everything we see that's of beauty and wholeness in this world must be included in the original source of its emanations. Otherwise, it's illogical. And Srila Advaita Acharya is described as the Supreme Person. There are two main verses about Advaita Charya that are in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. The Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is a spiritual book. It's specifically describing what it looks like, how one interacts with others and with the world when one's in a free state of consciousness. Normally, my consciousness, not normally, abnormally, when I'm in a state of bondage, that is, I'm conditioned by the lower energies that emanate from the absolute source, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, just the way uh, sun rays can be covered by the clouds when they're separated from the sun, then I forget my origin and I become disconnected. So Sri, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is an unabashed look at how the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his devotees and those who are free to love spiritually interact with one another, what kinds of activities they do every day. And in the descriptions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is the most recent incarnation or avatar of Krishna in this world, there are explanations of why the Supreme Person, the Supreme Conscious Source expands himself. Eko Bahusham is one of the earliest 
utterances of this purpose in the Vedas, which means that the, the one becomes many for enjoyment because variety is, is the mother of enjoyment and relationship is the stuff of variety. And so the Supreme is for himself and everything that he does is for his enjoyment. So when he expands into many, that's for his unlimited enjoyment and he expands himself therefore unlimitedly. It's easy enough to conceive of difference. We do it all the time. People see the differences between other people and themselves and they augment that. Differences between one country and other. And other people philosophically try to see the oneness of all beings. That's also not such a big stretch. You can just say we're all one. But to see the simultaneous oneness and difference of all beings, simultaneous oneness and difference, simultaneous oneness and difference. It's called achintya. One has to have a transcendental mind to understand that. It can't be conceived by a materialistic mind from an intellectualized position. It has to be realized and seen. The Srimad Bhagavatam says, Satvam Vishudam Vasudeva Shabditam Yate Tatra Puman Pavrata. When one's consciousness becomes uncovered from the lower energies, from contamination, then one can conceive of simultaneous one indifference. And one can understand that the origin of everything is personal. So there are many, there are many uh, Vedic philosophies. They're called darshans, interpretations of the philosophy of the Vedas. And they range from Mimamsa to Vaisheshika to uh, yoga, uh, all the way to Srila Vyasadeva's commentary on Vedanta Sutra the Vedanta commentary that he gives. And all of them, except for Srila Vyasadeva's, fall short of naming both an efficient cause and an ingredient cause. And what do I mean by that? And there's much said about this in the first section of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, the book I just referred to. And that is that the source of everything is not only the cause of creation, that is, he puts everything in motion, but he's also the ingredients as well. So he expands himself into all the other conscious beings, and he also provides the various energies. Parasha Shaktir Vivadaiva Shriyate, Subhavika Jnana Balakriyacha. He has multifarious energies. And he is the cause of them. In other words, they expand from him. And by his immense potency, he puts everything in motion. So in the material world, which is a separated portion of the spiritual world, just as in a, a city, there might be a separated part on the outskirts of town, uh, like a prison. And in the material world, there is the Lord, the Lord is also present. 
always and everywhere. Why? Because he's both the efficient cause and the ingredient cause. That means he put it into motion. And not only that, he's the ingredients behind it. Everything emanates from him. In the Gita, Krishna says, one who comes to know this, sarvasya chaham pradisani, I mean, uh, excuse me, aham sarvasya pravavo matak sarvam pravartate iti matva bhajanti mam buddha bhava samanvita. If one understands this, Krishna says, then one begins to worship me wholeheartedly because how could you possibly forget God if you understood that he's not only the efficient cause, but he's also the ingredient cause, means he's everywhere within everything. Everything is part of him. There's nothing that's separated from him. The Sri Shapanishad says, Yasmin sarvani bhutani atmai vad budvijanataha tatra ko mohakashoka ekat vamanapashitaha. Yastu sarvani bhutani atmai vad budvijanataha. Yas, tat, excuse me. Yasmin sarvani bhutani atmai vad budvijanataha tatra ko mohakashoka ekat vamanapashitaha. Every, one who sees all living beings as part and parcel of the Lord, there are spiritual emanations from him. Never hate anything or any being. Yes, tu sarvani bhutani atmani vanu pashati sarva bhuteshu chatmanam tatuna vijugupsate. Nor does one who sees, sees this, see this, hate anything, vijugupsate, or anything, think anything's abominable. One who uh, sees this is very patient because. The vision is that everything is coming from an intelligent, benevolent, personal source who has our best interest in mind. And that, that means no matter what way the energy of the world is organized, it's ultimately for my good and it's perfect. It's perfectly in place. Back to Om Purnam Purnam Idam, which means that everything comes from a perfect source and it comes out perfectly organized. And whatever movements we see within that energy is under control of the supreme absolute truth. There's nothing out of place at all. That's the conclusion of this philosophy. So who is Advaita Acharya? He's described in the Sri Chaitanya Charjamrita, Mahavishnu Jagat Karta, Maya Yasrajatyada, Tasyavatara Mevayam Advaita Acharya Ishvara, so the author of this very important, highly esoteric spiritual writing says, Advaita Acharya is God. <laughs> so you want to know who he is? Everyone's holding their breath. Like, who is this personality? Uh, God. And he said, okay, here's his name. And here's what he's like. This is shocking because it's the best kept secret in the whole material world. People write volumes of philosophy and expertly exclude naming the person. They'll name the, they'll name the ingredients as the cause. They'll say it happens by chance. And Prabhupada points out in the Chaitanya Charamita, okay. Some people say, well, the ingredients just come together. They cause the results by their interaction. A cow eats grass and milk comes out automatically then he says why doesn't that happen when a bull eats it eats the same grass or if you eat it you don't get milk you just get sick there's an arrangement in nature and that comes from 
the efficient cause. And, and so the author of the Chaitanya Charitamrita says, Advaita Charya is the efficient cause. So who is that? Mahavishnu Jagatkarta. This Shristi Lila or the pastime of creation is eternal. It's always been going on. There's never a time in the material world didn't exist. It sometimes manifests and sometimes not manifests, but it's always there, cyclical, coming and going. And Mahavishnu, Mahavishnu, the great God, when he exhales, 311 trillion years transpire, and all the Brahmas, all the universes are manifest and then partially destroyed and come back again, one lifetime of Brahma, then he inhales and everything is destroyed again. That includes us, we've been in there. At least I know I have. And then when we come back out again, Bhagavatam says, reminds us, this is what you were into before the last creation ended, and you can take it up again. So he gives appropriate body, set of senses, and circumstances to accommodate everybody. So Mahavishnu Jakarta means he's he's the one moving, arranging everything in this material world. Maya Yasrajat Yada, and he's behind the creation. It's his glance. Therefore, sometimes it's said that Advaita Charya, who's an Incarnation of Mahavishnu is also a combined form of Sadashiva. Why? Because, as you all know, because you study the Brahma Samhita so carefully, when Mahavishnu glances at the material world, and as we know, where attention goes, energy flows, then the whole creation is put into motion, but he doesn't really touch it. His glance is carried by Shambhu. The personification of the glance of Mahavishnu is Shambhu. So sometimes Advaita Acharya is said to be Mahavishnu and Sadashiva combined. Tasyavatara evayam, and he's an avatar. So Advaita Acharya, avatar means one who crosses, uh, crosses down, comes in from an upper level to a lower level. He descends into the world and why? What's his position? Again, he says, Advaita Acharya Ishwara. So Ishwara means he's the supreme controller. And also, Advaita means he's one with the supreme personality of Godhead. There's no difference. And he's Acharya. He comes, why? To teach by example for us so that we can understand him and take to the path, the immortal path of Bhakti, devotional service. So then the author says, Advaitam Harinadvaitad, Acharyam Bhakti Samshanat, Bhaktavataram Ishamtam, Advaita Charya Ashraye. He's taking shelter of Advaita Charya. And he says, again, Advaitam, he's one with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but one and different. And Harina Advaitad is not different from Hari. And he's Acharya, teaches by example. 
What does he teach? Bhakti Shamshanat. He's teaching the path of bhakti, and therefore he's called Bhaktavataram Isham Tuam. He is the avatar who comes to teach bhakti. And uh, then he declares at the end, I take shelter of him. I take shelter of Advaita Acharya. So Advaita Acharya, we know from the Chaitanya Charamita and the Chaitanya Bhagavat, uh, takes birth in this world. I think in 1434, he was 50, 52 years older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Keep that in mind for, for the rest of this. And he first appeared in Bangladesh and then went to Shailet. And then he came to Navadweep. He had two places in Navadweep and all you know this because you've been to both of them. One of them is in Shantipur and the other one is right next door to Srivas Thakur because that's where all the action is. That's ground zero for the Sankirtan movement. So Advaita Acharya, uh, was um, 52 years old when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in the world. And what was he doing before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared? What do Acharyas do? Well, one thing they do is they lament for the fallen condition of the souls in the material world. That's the business of an Acharya, is thinking these poor living entities, they're trapped by Maya. And on the, in the case of Advaita Acharya, he's thinking it's my Maya <laughs> they're trapped in. <laughs> they're trapped in my Maya. And how can they possibly be saved? So those who know the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita and can understand the mood of Advaita Acharya never feel well, they may feel it, but they never say it because they know differently, actually, that God's against me and that actually I'm being punished. Because actually, Srila Advaita Acharya, who is God himself and who runs the material energy, is very much aware of the suffering of the living beings. And his whole being is dedicated to making sure they get rescued from the material world. So that's why Kaviraj Goswami says, Advaita Acharyam Ashraya, I take shelter of him. He's come to rescue all of us from the darkness of the, the, this material world, which we've somehow or other become entangled in and somehow or other perpetuate. That is, we perpetuate our stay here by remaining in ignorance. So Maya Mugda Nahiswata Krishna Gyan. It's not automatic that we come out. We need outside help. That's Advaita Acharya. He's an avatar who's descended to help pull us out. So how does he do it? He notices the degraded condition in Kali Yuga. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was that was back when the we would have been shocked at how pristine the world was, but he noticed how people had developed a proclivity for worshiping all kinds of obscure demigods and spending lavishly on ceremonies for their relatives, but not a farthing for worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead and becoming engaged in materialistic life. And he saw that people have totally forgotten the holy names. 
So his constant prayer, in fact, he very purposely decided that I'm going to cause the Lord to appear here. So there are several lessons from the teachings of our Acharya, Advaita Acharya. And the first one is that if you want to change your life from the position you're in now, call for help. And how should you call for help? Really hard. Don't be lackadaisical. Don't be casual. Uh, don't think I'll do it later. Don't think I'll do it at the time of death, maybe. Uh, do it now and do it really hard. So Vaitacharya taught us this. He worshiped his deity with one pointed attention, one deity right in front of him on a beautiful throne. And then he went to the Shastra to figure out what's the way to please the Lord. And he discovered, bring Tulsi, bring Ganga, and offer prayers and call for help. So he did it repeatedly, and he did it really loud, and he did it so intensely, crying out, that later on, when Mahaprabhu appeared, he disclosed to Advaitacharya, I heard your voice. You woke me up. It was so loud. So keep that in mind. We know from the prayers of Pallad Maharaj, Ma Vishnu's on the ocean of milk and he's half asleep because people in the material world are not that interesting because everyone's distracted and distracting and they're not interested in Krishna. So, he responds accordingly. But when one living entity calls out with sincere intention, then Krishna hears it. So that example Advaita Acharya set for us. You don't need anything else, actually. You could be stranded anywhere. You don't even have to have a deity. Deity is in your heart. But if you have that sincere sense of purpose that I need help, and that's from Madhu, Madhu Kanta one day, we were downtown Santa Cruz distributing books. He sold a book to this young woman who had two young kids. And then he taught her the mantra. And they all looked at him very sincerely, with curious eyes and said, what does it mean? And I leaned over to see what that saintly devotee, Madhukanta, would tell these uh, very new people. And he said, I need help. It means I need help. And she nodded her head, yeah, I need help. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this mantra. And if she went home and sat and just said, I need help, please help me. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna responded, Tesham Satati Yuktanam Bajatam Pritipurvakam, Dadami Buddha Yogam Tam Yenamam Upayanti Te Krishna, I'm there, I'm ready, I'm waiting. And if you sincerely call out to me, I'll come for you. I'll make arrangements. I'll move heaven and earth. I'll do whatever, whatever needs to be done to airlift you out of here. I'll send a medevac 
immediately. I'll come down or pull you out by my hand personally. If you sincerely call out to me and that's your intention. This is the first lesson Advaita Charya taught us. You don't need a degree. You don't have to have a diploma. You don't have to even be really uh, a genius. You don't have to know calculus. And nothing wrong with any of these things. But what you need is to call out sincerely and admit that you need help and just give it all up for Krishna and say, please help me, please help me, please help me. And if you're really sincere and you just lock yourself into that mood and keep calling out, then Krishna will come into your life in the most amazing ways that you can never even imagine. He came to Gajendra. Gajendra was an elephant. Prahlad noticed that. So this image of Advaita Charya sitting by himself, completely helpless, as he wanted to save the people, but he, did, he, he felt, I need the Supreme Personality of God to come personally. And don't we all feel like that? What can I do? I'm, I'm helpless against the material energy. I need direct intervention from God. He's got to come directly into my life and save me. And he'll do it. He says it in the, in the Gita. And here we have the example. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told, he used to call Advaita Charya Nada. He said, Nada, your loud cries woke me up. And I said, I came here for you. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two, Advaita Charya, what did he do in his, he had modest homes. He didn't live in huge palaces. He lived in a little small house out in Shantipur. It's out in the country, right by the Ganga. It's pretty much in an isolated place. And the neighborhood of Srivaspanit, you know it wasn't that fancy because in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, the atheists who are complaining about him chanting and all the devotees chanting all night, they said, we should pick up we should pick up Srivas Pandit's house, not you, Srivas Prabhu. We should pick up Srivas Pandit's house and throw it in the Ganga. They wanted to get rid of him because they thought this is going to get us in trouble with the with the law. And who are these guys anyway, making up a new religion? So, but the point is their house was so simple. It was like a little straw house. A couple of men could have come and pick it up picked it up and thrown it in the Ganga and it would have floated away. That's the kind of house Advaitacharya lived in in Shantipur, very simple by the Ganga. But what did he do? And what was his power? Here's what it was. He got a little open space right by his house. He sat out there and a little Vyasasana and he taught the Bhagavad Gita. He held open class in the Bhagavad Gita. This is the sweetest thing. I know, you know, I've said it a million times talking about it way to try it. But to me, this is the sweetest of the sweet. You've got God coming down to this world. He's Ishvara, the supreme control. He's Mahavishnu. He creates everything, makes it all happen. And what does he do? He reads the Bhagavad Gita, but not just read it. He just sits there in a nice setting, Ganga floating by, and he teaches it as it is. Yes, Krishna is in your heart. 
No, you don't have to worship demigods. Yes, the modes of material nature are all around us, but you can become transcendental to them. If you just perform devotional service, step-by-step, -step, simple instructions, timeless, and that's what Advaita Acharya does. That is, that is teaching to the world, Bhagavad Gita. And sometimes uh, he would lament that he couldn't realize the full meaning of a verse and he would fast because he wanted to realize each verse while he was teaching it. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed to him during the Mahaprakash, remember that time you fasted because you couldn't remember, you, you couldn't realize the meaning of the verse? He said, I came and revealed it to you. I gave you that realization of what that meant. So it's such a simple thing. Prabhupada did it. You know, he got a Bhagavad Gita and he just, you know, there wasn't one. Prabhupada writes this in the beginning of his As It Is. There were no Gitas that he could trust. So he said, I had to write my own in English. There, he said there are hundreds of them, but none of them were as it is. So he said, I had to write one. And that's the first thing he did. He got a Gita and he sat down. He put a little sign up in a window in a tiny little storefront, just like I'd wait to try a tiny little place middle of nowhere, and just say, come in and listen to the Bhagavad Gita. And what happened? Now there's a worldwide movement, people all over the world, dedicating their lives, and we're among them. That chain reaction all happened from Udvaita Acharya, just sit down, have open class on Bhagavad Gita. And to this minute, there's no better way in the world to inculcate Krishna consciousness into the masses of people just small group by small group, teaching Bhagavad Gita methodically, one verse after another, until the, the soul becomes enlightened. That's the power of the Bhagavad Gita. And that's what Advaita Acharya taught us. If you feel like the Hare Krishna movement is flagging somewhere, you can restart it. Just have a little class on the Bhagavad Gita. I guarantee you it will turn into something huge. You get stranded in some foreign country and you don't know what to do, get Bhagavad Gita and just start teaching it. And it all, you know, within some time, they'll conflagrate. There will be a huge spiritual fire that breaks out in that place. Just like when Prabhupada went to Russia, by Krishna's arrangement, Malati threw a Bhagavad Gita in Shamasundra's suitcase, could have got him arrested. But that was Krishna's arrangement. They didn't see it. It got into the country. And Prabhupada taught the Bhagavad Gita to one of the Russians there who then kept the Gita. It got copied. It read, passed around. This is what Advaitacharya did. It's the simple, powerful, spiritual fulcrum that spreads Krishna consciousness. How else would we do it? Except one, one at a time with the Bhagavad Gita. So the next lesson that, that, I, that always comes out for me in remembering Advaitacharya on his appearance day or at other times is his insistence on being a servant. I am the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. I am the servant of Lord Chaitanya's servant. I'm the servant of their servants. This was his mood. And he was so insistent on this that, of course, 
he was a disciple of Madhavendra Puri, which made him the uh, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took initiation from Srila Ishvara Puri, who is the disciple of Madhavendra Puri. Then, you know, as far as spiritual etiquette goes, 52 years older, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, next generation, he was reverent towards Advaita Acharya. And Advaita Acharya, no, I'm his servant. 52 years older. I'm his servant. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wouldn't accept it until Advaita Acharya pulled a ruse. And as you know, at his home teaching the Bhagavad Gita one night, he said, I'm going to end this ruse of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu acting like he's my servant. I'm going to prove to the world that I'm his servant. So he sat down for his regular Bhagavad Gita class. Everyone was expectant of hearing bhakti, kata, and he started talking instead from the Yoga Vishishta, which advocates that jnana is higher than bhakti and merging into the supreme absolute truth is the ultimate goal, not serving the Lord in devotional service. Somebody texted Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or his associates in the next village, hey, there's this sangha going on here and came over WhatsApp that he's teaching Yoga Vishishta. Mahaprabhu said, that's it. What, what is he talking about? And he appeared at that place rapidly. The Supreme Lord walks and does not walk. He's far away, but he's very near as well. He's within everything, yet he's outside of everything. He appeared there in Shantipur. What are you doing? He heard Advaitacharya sitting on the Vyasasana saying, Gyan is higher than Bhakti. The ultimate goal of spiritual practice is to merge into the supreme absolute truth, unabashedly teaching. Mahaprabhu came closer. What are you teaching? Advaitacharya, Gyan is higher than Bhakti. The ultimate goal is to merge into the supreme absolute truth. Mahaprabhu became furious. He grabbed him, pulled him from the Vyasasana, and say, said, say, bhakti is higher than gyan. Advaitacharya, gyan is higher than bhakti. Gyan, gyan, gyan. And Mahaprabhu began beating on Advaitacharya. Sita Takarani ran out. Stop, he's an old man, don't hurt him. People were petrified watching the scene. And then Advaitacharya, smiling, stood up and declared to the world, now everybody knows you are my master and I am your servant. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu realized the ruse that he had been pulled into by Advaita Acharya. The point is that he went to great lengths. In the material world, everyone goes to great lengths, either subtly or on the gross level, to position him or herself that I'm the master. Someone presents something, is like, yeah, but I actually thought of it. I gave him the idea. Or whatever position one 
uh, tries to maneuver in the material world, I want to be the head person. I want to be recognized. I'm the actual controller. But in the spiritual attitude, we find it's quite opposite. And Advaita Charya shows by example that the not only the safest position, but the most relishable of all positions is to become the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. And in that condition, you have very little competition because everybody's trying to prove I'm the center, I'm the one who should be served. But if you change your heart, like Advaita Charya, that's his complete attitude as a servant if we follow in his footsteps, just say, that's what I'm going to do too. Then we have no competition. It's, it's very sparse, the competition for being a servant. And we can learn that from Udvaita Acharya, his mood. I mean, what, what would it have been like if he tried to prove himself the master? I mean, isn't it sweet that God, the Ishwar comes and said, no, I'm a servant. I'm a servant of the servant of the servant, just to show the example, so we can get out of the hellish condition of trying to be the center in the material world. Someone the other day was talking about the nectar of insignificance. When I, feel, I truly feel humble and I truly feel insignificant, what nectar that is, how the burden is lifted from my life, that I don't have to prove it, that I'm the greatest in anything. And Prabhupada used to remind the devotees. One devotee told Prabhupada, I'm the most fallen. Prabhupada said, you're not the most anything. <laughs> to chastise his disciple, you're not the most anything. So we have this example from Wait to Try. Feel free to be a servant of the servant's servant. Feel free to be a, uh, put yourself at the service of the devotees and to, to have a service attitude. It's what God does when he comes to show us how to be happy in this world. This is a nuance from that, but in the story of Kamala Kanta Vishwas, who was the secretary of Advaita Charya, Chaitanya Charya says somehow or other he ended up with, he had written a letter uh, about a debt that Advaita Charya apparently owed to Prachaparudra. And so Kaviraj Goswami writes, somehow or other that letter ended up in the possession of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he read it. And then he said, this man is a low-class person. He does not know the position of Advaita Charya as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I therefore condemn him, he may never come into my company again. He chastised him from afar. And the word got out to Advaita Acharya and Kamala Kanta, who was Advaita Acharya's secretary. Mahaprabhu has chastised you, he's banned you. And he be became completely distraught. That is Kamala Kanta. Advaita Acharya was disturbed for another reason. He went to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he complained. Why you chastise him and you don't chastise me? You like him, you're favoring him more than me. <laughs> and there's a, there's a powerful quotation Prabhupada 
from Prabhupada in the uh, Chaitanya, Char uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. No, actually it's from the Bhagavatam. He writes this, is one sentence that matches well with this pastime. You can take this to your spiritual bank. He says, if one accepts punishment as a reward dealt by the master, he becomes intelligent enough not to commit the same mistake at the end. Think of that. Punishment as a reward. Who can do that? That's where Advaitacharya lives. If somebody chastises or punishes me, I think, oh, how dare they? And it takes me three days to recover. But Advaitacharya is thinking the other way. Why don't you chastise me? Why are you leaving me out? Why are you not showing me affection by chastising me? Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's the example of liberated life. What is it like to have a free consciousness, spiritually awake, how one thinks. And Advaitacharya shows the perfect example for all of us. Who can take punishment dealt by the master as a reward and take it deep within the heart? That's how we become wise without having to do it ourselves, without having to make the mistake again and again. We learn and learn and learn. Advaitacharya taught us this. And one more lesson from Advaita Acharya, cooking for the Lord. Ekadina Shantipure Prabhu Advaitaragare Dui Prabhu Bojani Boshilo Shak Kori Ashvadan Prabhu Boli Bhaktagan E Shak Krishna Ashvadilo Heno Shak Ashvadani Krishna Prima Aishemani She Premi Koro Ashvadan Jada Budi Parihari He says, One day at the house of Avaitacharya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came for Prasad. You know the story. Mahaprabhu had been on a path to Vrindavan. Nichananda Prabhu arranged through some local cowherd boys to show him the wrong path, tell him go this way, not that way. Mahaprabhu was in ecstasy. He didn't know where he was going. So they came up with this story that Vrindavan is this way and Mahaprabhu just followed the pathway and it ended up back down by Advaitacharya. Advaitacharya is home in Chantipur along the Ganga. That Ganga used to be right up next to his house. According to when we visit there in Chantipur, they show us how the Ganga came so close at that time. And so Mahaprabhu saw the, the Ganga, thought it was the Jamuna, and he jumped in. And then they, Advaitacharya came there in a boat. And Mahaprabhu said, what are you doing here in Vrindavan? Wait to try it. Wherever you are is Vrindavan. And then when he realized he'd been cheated by Lord Nityananda, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became annoyed. And Wait to try it, brought some more kalpanas and said, you could dry off, you please come to my house for prasadam. And by the way, in this spot, it just so happens there's a confluence of Jamuna and Ganga. So it's not... We didn't mislead you completely. When Mahamaprabhu went into the home of Vaitacharya, he saw the preparations. And this song Bhaktivinotaka wrote, Jadabudi Pari Hari, Prasada Bojanakori, Hari Hari Bolusavajan. It's the joyous recount of this day. One day when he went there for Prashad at Vaitacharya's house, 
the preparations are described page after page in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, all the different ways that uh, Vaitacharya and his wife had cooked for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu thought it's all for Krishna, I'll just take a little liquid vegetable. But Vaitacharya sat him down and began feeding him. And uh, I had this experience before, and it was from Beer Krishna Prabhu, uh, Hansapriya's father. This happened to me three times in Vrindavan. He invited me over Prasad. He sat me down, and I was defenseless because I didn't know, I didn't know the trick. He sat me down and he kept feeding me more and more and more. Every time the container was half empty, he'd fill it up again. And uh, he didn't let me go until I, I, they had to call a rickshaw to take me back. This is the culture. Advaitacharya sat there and he kept filling up everything Chaitanya, he'd get more and more and more. Mahaprabhu, when he saw the arrangements they had made, and when he tasted the nectar of the cooking, he said this shock, and he named the different kinds of shock. He said each kind of shock can bestow a particular perfection in life just by tasting it. Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings that yogis, they sit there, drill a respiration for thousands of years. What they get in 10,000 years, he said, the, the devotees sitting down and honoring prasadam joyfully, they get it in one sitting. That's how powerful devotional cooking is. And Mahaprabhu says this, and he said this about, about Advaitacharya's cooking and his wife. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu approved of all the methods employed in cooking and offering food to Krishna. He was so pleased that he said, frankly, I will personally take the lotus feet of anyone who can offer Krishna such nice food and place those lotus feet on my head, birth after birth. That's why we're a kitchen religion. That's why cooking is the highest service. If you can cook like that for the Supreme Personality of Godhead with love and devotion and the most beautiful preparations, clean, everything clean and pristine, he wants to take the dust from your feet and put it on his head, birth after birth, because you fed Krishna so nicely. Think how powerful that is, devotional cooking. And Advaita Acharya showed us that. That's a Vaishnav's home. When first class cooking's going on, preparation for the Lord, first class everything. It's clean, it's nice, it's beautiful. It's cooked with pure consciousness, pure love cooking. Then it's offered on nice plates, everything first class. That's the place where Krishna appears and he personally eats it. Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhaktiya parayachati taraham bhakti paritam ashnami paritamanaha. Prabhupada was a great cook. He taught all his disciples to cook. So all you cooks out there, you're in the right place. You're the right, right place, right universe, right movement, perfectly aligned. Keep cooking. Because that's the way to the Lord's heart. It's a big deal. And that's really what makes the Hare Krishna movement go, actually. It's the prasadam. It's a great secret, but I saw it at my house. I was having programs over here. Few people were showing up. I was giving them dates and a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of mascarpone cheese. 
But when Nirkula started cooking full belly prasadam, we had to put a, a limit on how many people could come in. And uh, first you get the prasad, then you get the philosophy later. So Mahaprabhu's program is so nice. And in Wait to Chari is a perfect example. Totally humble, chances rounds like, you know, just total focus, worships the deity, always wants to be chastised by the Lord. He's the servant of the servant of the servant. And he cooks like nectar for the Supreme Personality of God. And that's real life. That's our Acharya. That's Advaita that's Acharya. Not only that, he's God himself. He creates the whole material world. Everything we see around him, uh, see around us right now at your desk, wherever you're sitting, all the ingredients, the, the energy, the electronic energy that's coming out of your computer screen so we can see each other, that's coming from Advaita Acharya. The, the wood, the, uh, the floor you're sitting on, everything, the ingredient and efficient cause, it's all from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Advaita Acharya is our life and soul. And therefore, we sing about him, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Garadhara Shivasari Gaur Bhaktivinoda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And in the pastimes of the Sri Chaitanya Charnamrita, the most poignant of all the pastimes I find, it's poignant. You know, Advaita Charya called for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he appeared and he said, that's why I came. And the Chaitanya Charnamrita says, that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. That's one of the main reasons that he came listed in the Chaitanya Charnamrita. He had his own internal reasons, but Krishna can do a million things at once and have a million reasons. But that was, that was one of the main reasons. And then after Advaita Charya called him, when Jagannananda went to Navadvip to visit the devotees there, take the Mahaprasadam, give news about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the devotees, that's a, there was their lifeline, someone coming there to tell about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were so attached. They were thinking about him constantly. When they got a message, a message from him that would bring life. So Jagannananda, they gave him prasad. He gave prasad from Jagannath Puri. And then... Uh, Advaita Charya said, I have a message. I want you to deliver a message to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Puri. And he told him this, he, he read a sonnet. He gave him a sonnet. And in it, it said, tell Mahaprabhu that the market for rice is full. Everyone's eaten enough. They're full. And not only that, from taking this rice, they've become madmen, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so there's no more need for, for rice in the marketplace. I'm paraphrasing wildly here. Uh, but this, this was the message he gave. And it was so esoteric that nobody else knew what it meant, except for perhaps Surup Damodar, who surmised what it meant and became a little morose after he heard it. And when they asked, what did that mean? Um, Mahaprabhu uh, uttered something about how the uh, Acharya had called him and now it was, now he's calling him back again. So you'll notice 
in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it was just after that, that Mahaprabhu ended his external Sankirtan activities. He wasn't traveling preaching. What did he do then? He went into Gambira and he went, his, in, his ecstasies became deeper and as the Chaitanya Charitamrita puts it, matter. It, it was a, exhibitions of complete, total, utter spiritual madness in uh, Vipralambhabhav, in the association of Surup Damodar and Ramananda Roy in the Gambira. And that's how he uh, used the, the, the remaining period. So the esoteric meaning is that Advaita Charya Mahavishnu calls Krishna to come to this world to save the conditioned souls. And Mahaprabhu did that. And then he also recalls him that now you've finished your work here and the fire has started. So from, from the teachings of Advaita Charya, we can take these really simple principles. We don't need a lot of principles. Like all the Acharyas are trying to consolidate them and say, it's not that hard. You just have to follow one or two of them. For instance, Rupa Goswami says, there's only two things that really matter. Out of all the rules and regulations, just remember Krishna always and never forget him, ever. You just do those two things, you're going to be good. And in Vaitacharya's life, simple, simple things about serving and calling out to the Lord and cooking for the Lord nicely. Prabhupada taught simple things, very simple. Do Bhagavad Gita class. He started this evening Bhagavad Gita class at all his contemples. We always had it. And then for one reason or another, everyone got busy. <laughs> there weren't any evening Bhagavad Gita and we, we're missing it. And if you want to have happiness in your life, these are the principles how you can become happy. Take it directly from God. He came himself to teach exactly what to do, how to live, so you be not only become completely happy, but also go back to Godhead and you can save the whole world just by following these things. So we owe all this to Advaita Acharya and we follow in the footsteps of Kaviraj Goswami, Ashraya. We take shelter of Srila Advaita Acharya. So let's always remember him and never forget him and continue to uh, spread what he asked for in the beginning, which was to bring Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu here to start the Sankirtan movement, get the holy name going. We're really his descendants. Oh, there's one more lesson. I think you're going to like this one. I just thought of it tonight before I came on here. And that is that if you're a grahasta and you have kids, don't get disappointed which direction they go because it waits to Charya had kids. And they went all kinds of different directions. Some of them took up the process of devotional service and others became wayward and made up their own philosophies. If the Supreme Personality of Godhead has kids and they can go any which way, don't let it get you down. I just thought I'd throw that one in there for good measure because, <laughs> you know, all we can do is take care of ourselves and follow the principles of Udvaita Charya to the best of our ability. And uh, also, whatever happens, ultimately, Krishna is in control. He's the Ishvara. Advaita Charya is controlling everything. 
And so if we're just sincere and we try to follow these basic principles, whatever seems to be going sideways, hey, that's the way it goes. Do your service, follow Advaita Charya and be part of the glorious Sankirtan movement. And we can live out our, our, our life here as human beings in the, such a glorious way, we can say, hey, I'm with him. I've just followed him. That's all I do. I follow the Acharya and you're good. You're right as rain if you do that. Om Tat Sat. Hey,